gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to The Broken But Glorious Podcast. Glorious! Hulk Hogan, Hollywood officer, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward! Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by Mulletman, Jason Santiago. How doing this evening, Jason? Hello, sir. Oh, I'm very good this evening. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, been looking forward to this since weeks ago I asked you to come on. <laughs> so, um, it's so busy, so busy. So uh, it's nice to, to find a, a moment to have a chat with you and, uh, yeah, kind of get, get involved in the podcast world. It's... Fun. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but we're about eight months old. Our podcast. So, so, so um, firstly, so um, how long have you been a wrestling fan? Um, on and off, I suppose since I was a kid. Um, but I, I grew I grew up in Essex, where yeah. um, you, you find out about fast cars and fast chicks pretty <laughs> young. Mm. So. Um, uh, wrestling drifted in and out of my consciousness, and um, I guess the thing that got me back into it really hard uh, recently would have been CM Punk yeah. in 2012, and after it was after the pipe bomb that I, I got back into it, like fully paid up member of Vince McMahon's Sweaty Men Club, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wouldn't miss a Raw, and I'd try and watch every pay-per-view, and then I found out how the network was coming, and I was like a kid in a candy store, and yeah, I'm, I've, I'm a big fan of wrestling, it's, it's a very fun spectacle, it's the perfect blend of rock and roll, and uh, live action stunts with a bit of pantomime, and it's it's an awful lot of fun. Mm. I think. Yeah, I was very the same. Was I was a huge fan when I was a kid up until about ninety five. Then stopped watching it. Yeah, uh, best best part of ten similar. years, and then started reading the spoilers again. And then my son, when he was about five, got into it. So about yeah, probably about two thousand twelve again. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. So, so for you, uh, family shows. Uh, fun thing to go to. Oh yeah, we love going to All Star Wrestling and Wrestle Island. And, European pro wrestling can't beat a nice family show. It's, there's something special about those. Yeah, you know. Uh, um, sorry, but I was, I was just going to ramble on then about like uh, family shows are, are very fun if you've only gone to over eighteen shows and see the violence and profanity. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite nice to go to a family show in like a working man's pub or something. And uh, soak up that kind of atmosphere because it's totally different. It is, yeah. It's totally, it's more on the pantomime kind of world of things, you know. And um, I kind of like that because I mean, I I trained as an actor. I was doing acting since I was about eleven years old. Yeah. And uh, always, always enjoy enjoy treading the board, treading the boards, darling. <laughs> so um, you know, that's that's been a constant throughout my uh, my adolescence. So. When, even when I was watching wrestling when I was a little kid, I kind of enjoyed the uh, the theatrics of it all. 
Um, you know, and I, I guess I went to like drama club and stuff from about the age of 11, um, doing shows and stuff. Um, got back into wrestling during the Attitude Era. I mean, I'm 35, so I've had a nice kind of uh, period of existence yeah. with wrestling. Uh, like, yeah, I miss, I miss the Attitude Era, era when I was a kid. I've had to go back and re-watch the attitude. I missed it because it, yeah. it wasn't cool. Oh, oh it was so. amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> I used to bunk off school with my friend Paul Belovesky. Wherever you are, Paul Belovesky, shout out to you, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, we used to bunk off with a VHS tape um, oh. that we got off his stepsister or something. I can't remember the relation. But we got this, uh, we'd get the VHS every Monday. Uh, this was when uh, Monday Night Raw was shown on Sky on a Friday night yeah. on <laughs> Sky Sports 1. So uh, he'd get hold of this tape and we'd bunk off in the afternoon and uh, go and watch Raw. And that was when Stone Cold was hot shit. Yeah. You know, and it, it was so exciting. It was brilliant. And uh, I watched it then. And like my, my younger brother's like five, six years younger than me. So... I got to share a lot of fun wrestling stuff with him um, and it was kind of a good excuse to like go to a show with him or something, you know, like, oh, I'll just take my little brother, you know, <laughs> like really, maybe I want to be watching yeah. wrestling as well. So that, that was kind of cool. Um, and then I stopped watching it for a good five years until about 2005 and me and a few friends were living in Chelmsford, uh, James Alexander Ives Brown, we call him just Brownie. Yeah. James Brown. Um, it looks a little bit like Ric Flair with dark hair. Oh, uh, but we uh, we live we live close to each other, and we both had a power cut. And I was like, I phoned him up. I had battery on my phone, and uh, I was like, oh, What are you up to? Oh, come come over and make some music. So I went over there, and we ended up just making silly songs about wrestling and low jobs, and <laughs> you know, and then got back into wrestling yet yeah. again. Um, and then when I left Chelmsford with work, I elsewhere for work kind of fell out of wrestling it wasn't until uh, 2012 with punk like i mentioned before uh, and that's when i got back into it and yeah i don't watch as much of the, the wwe product as i used to but i'm still a big fan yeah looking forward to mania mania is going to be cool oh it's going to be amazing it's some of the matches looks like it's going to be like there could be five main events if the cena taker thing yeah. comes off as well and then you've got oh, but that's yeah that's crazy i mean I, I watched a youtube clip this morning and i was like oh my goodness like i kind of i kind of been expecting it to happen i expected it to happen a few years ago but it was nice to see cena with some like heel elements there yeah. and i know it's kind of like you know it's boring that people say oh cena might turn heel it's kind of fake news do you know what i mean um but it was kind of cool to see some real kind of healy kind of mannerisms in there, calling out Taker and saying that, like, you know, come and fight me. Was, I thought that was cool as fuck. I'm, I'll be rooting for Cena in that match as well. I'm by no means a Cena fan. I've always been a bit of a hater. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm really starting to appreciate what he brings, more so because he's a part-timer now. Yeah, the, the, last, the last 18 no, months I've really grown seen. into him. Sorry? The last 18 months I've really grown into Cena. So. Yeah, he's really fucking good at what he does. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, and as, as cheesy and cornball as he is, he puts some bums on seats and makes that company money. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, despite being a, a tree-hugging hippie, I am a bit of a capitalist. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've run my own business that kind of uh, hit the skids, so uh, I'd kind of like to get back on the on top money-wise and all that. Um, so I kind of 
see the wrestling business as it, it is it is a money making business and you've got to be really good if you want to make money at it because there's not a lot of money in it but if, if you can if you can try and make something happen if you get something really fucking cool that people latch onto you know you can make money in wrestling I think maybe I'm just rambling a little bit no, <laughs> no so who was your favourite wrestler growing up? So. Uh, growing up Vader. Oh, I uh, love Vader. A little bit left field. Yeah, big fan of Vader. Um, when I create a wrestler on the games, I always use man. Vader's moves as my, my moves. I'm a big fan of Macho Man. I um, think he's the, the absolute Don. Yeah. I'm <laughs> a um, big, big fan of him. Uh, Ric Flair is awesome. Um, I, I like him as, as a heel. And uh, just the promos. Just the promos are great. <laughs> they're, they're really fantastic. I like, I like great talkers, do you know yeah. what I mean? When I, when I jump in the ring, I kind of, I want to try and entertain that crowd with what I can say, because I can't wrestle for toffee, and, you know, I'm, I'm far too old to start trying to learn <laughs> a young man's sport, you know, I think, I think you need to, you need to approach it in the younger years, um, but I, I, I love getting in there and having a good old chat with the audience and having a nice bit of promo time. And the guys who I've always enjoyed the most are the guys who can talk on the mic mm. and spit that hot fire, you know, <laughs> like your rocks, like your Steve Austin. Mm. Vince McMahon's an incredible promo. Um, one of my heroes in wrestling is uh, Paul Heyman. Um, I think he's fantastic, um, not just at promos. I really enjoy a lot of his approach to life and psychology, you know, um, very, very, very highly recommend uh, the Paul Heyman DVD by WWE. Um, three hours of <laughs> Paul Heyman chatting. I loved it. I thought it was great. You know, um, yeah, he's he's definitely a hero of mine. I think you need to be a good talker just to be remembered, because I don't think people are gonna remember like Roderick Strong and Dean Malenko in twenty years, unless you're a diehard. Oh, I'll, I'll remember. I'll remember Dean Malenko in twenty years. There's a wonderful <laughs> match with him and Eddie Guerrero. Which is just oh my god! I think it's a WCW match. Um, I had it on a download file, right? Just on a USB stick. Yeah, it was just oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Just an absolute clinic. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in our thirties. Like my son, who's twelve, he's not going to remember Dean Malenko, but he knows who Rick Flair is. I guess not. I think he works. I think he works in the back now. I think he's a uh, he's an agent. I think I think he actually booked the uh, or, or he had a word in the booking of the women's Royal Rumble match. Yeah. Um, which is uh, you know maybe he said a lot of things <laughs> to those girls, but I don't think they listened to him. <laughs> <laughs> he was my favourite. I thought I don't, it, they probably don't even know who Dean Malenko is. <laughs> 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 I thought he was going to be the, uh, the JM for um, 205 Live. I just had it in my head because it made sense that he works backstage. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that he's an agent. Yeah. I know that he's an agent, there, so I know that he's got some involved in the middle. Not that I know Dean Malenko personally. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm like, there, adamant. I know he's an agent. I know he's an agent. No, I've, I've, I've heard. I've, I'm a big fan of Wrestling Soup. I think I heard it on that show. Yeah. Um, I think those guys are great. So, um, did you have it, ever have any ambitions of being a wrestler, or do you get into the business just being an so, so, what was your journey? Um, do you know, I'd love to, but I'm, cl- 
clumsy <laughs> and I'll get hurt and I'll hurt someone and I just I don't I mean I don't have a driving license because I know that I'll either hurt myself or someone else yeah. you know and it's not from wanting to be malicious or anything it's just I'm a little bit clumsy you know and I, like, I don't trust myself I don't <laughs> it's like it's it's almost the same thing because like with a car you can kill someone and if you go in that wrestling ring and you don't know what you're doing you could really really kill someone like you could hurt someone and you know it's, I've, I've got a great little job in wrestling and I, I'm really lucky I'm really lucky I mean I thought my career as a performer was dead you know um, I'd quit my band that I was in that I created after this was a few years ago yeah. after a year of running my sam running my sandwich business and um, I just had to give all of my time to the business and um, I was kind of like right well I'm about 32 at the time I'm like well who and I was overweight I didn't have a mullet though but um, I was kind of like thinking to myself who who wants to go to a rock show and watch my big fat sweaty ass pretend I'm cool and I'm like no one and it, I was done you know and um, I guess it coincided a little bit with watching wrestling a hell of a lot more and when I when I went to do a delivery to one of my best friends uh, shout out Rich Soddy the finest tattooist in East Anglia you can find him at Sif Tattoo yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he was one of my best customers and uh, I went to drop off some food for him and he said oh I've got a pro wrestler in today who I'm tattooing bring double of what you'd bring me to him <laughs> okay sweet lovely bit of payday you know and uh, so I cycle up there and go do delivery um, it was a sandwich delivery service on a Danish tricycle so you know it was so hipster so hipster <laughs> yeah. anyway so I, I get there and um, Big Mike Big Mike Walters uh, the bulk 38 stone of uh, man flesh um, <laughs> He's gross. I hope he would be offended if he hears this and like least saying that he looks gross, but he does look gross. He's so <laughs> fucking ugly. It's it's just it's gross. He's he's like uh, the antithesis of like Andre the Giant or Big Show. Yeah. He's like he's he's as heavy as them, but not as tall. He's about half a foot shorter than me, but about five foot wider than me. Wow. It's just he's a monster. God damn it. And, uh, he's a he's a wonderful man and we got chatting about wrestling and he was telling me a story about Hacksaw Jim Duggan but that's not my story to tell <laughs> so I won't okay. um, and uh, he was like why don't you come and train you've got a great look you, you know you could um, you could you could do something you can obviously chat shit so we always need people who can talk shit in wrestling and uh, I was like oh man my back's made of glass and my knees are made of plasticine you know I'm 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 no fit state to have a fight, even if it is, you know, predetermined. Because people still get fucking hurt. Yeah. You know, and he was like, all right then, well, what about an announcer or a manager? I was like, mate, I'd love to do that. And I went down to um, the community centre in Hull, uh, which is in North Norfolk, and uh, helped set up the ring, joined in on the, uh, the warm-up with the trainees that were there. Totally gassed out, like absolute mess um, but I thought, I thought I've got to try I've got to try and you know kind of show some respect to these people and uh, spent about an hour and a half recovering sitting there in the chair at the side while they're going through more drills and stuff just kind of like 
James Cambridge. Um, James Cambridge is his shoot mate. Jimmy Starr says, all right, Jace, uh, get in the ring. Here's a microphone. Let's uh, see what you can do. And uh, from day one, Jimmy saw something in me. Yeah. Because the next week, we, we had a show in West, West Lynn, a community hall there, and um, Sports and Social Club was there. And I did my first wrestling show, and um, something clicked about three shows in, and I kind of decided that this was the chance to be a performer again and use all of the joy that I get from entertaining people because I love getting up there and entertaining that crowd. There's there's something really amazing about putting smiles on people's faces. You know, it's kind of like my little meaning in life is to go out and entertain people and to, to have wrestling come and turn up and it was like, oh my goodness, this is like the combination of all of these performance art disciplines yeah. that I'm really into for, for 30 odd years, like, all in one, and I'm a part of it. And uh, when when the company went uh, bankrupt, um, I decided to go semi-pro and try and get bookings yeah. and just put myself <clears throat> out there. Um, none of the bookings that I've got have gone from trying and hustling, they've been more from word of mouth and people uh, people putting in a good word and that so um i'm really lucky i'm i feel really fortunate and you know long may it continue because uh, i love working in the wrestling business and you know maybe one day wwe might want this uh, ground up piece of meat <laughs> <laughs> to, to announce their superstars i don't know but um It'll be, it's, it's nice to dream about. I don't, yeah, they I don't might know. be starting a UK NXT style show. That's the rumour, isn't it? That, that would be that would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. But I mean, for me, it's not just wrestling and MCing that I do. I mean, I've done a few uh, cycling events. Uh, did the Tour de Broads in Norfolk uh, last summer for Pedal Revolutions, which are a fantastic bikes. I highly recommend you visit if you're into bikes. Uh, push bikes. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I can do a few more shows for them. But, you know, the, the end game for me as uh, trying to do this as a career would be to work for someone like Red Bull or yeah. a, a, an energy drink company that throw events all over the world, you know. And I'd, I'd love it to be something like this. On Monday, I get an email or a Skype call saying, Jace. We want to send you out to Turkey. There's a cliff jumping competition. Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, right, I'm up in Turkey. I might go do that. Spend, spend half a week in Turkey. Mm. Get another email. Right, we're sending you to Australia. There's a quad bike competition. <laughs> Great, off I go. You know, and, uh, back back to back to good old Blighty for a cup of tea and a bacon sandwich when we're done. You mm. know, that's uh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Right, so where did the name and character of Mullet Man Jason Santiago, Santiago come from? Um, I've always enjoyed coming up with pseudonyms for names, uh, like names, uh, characters. Uh, if even it's like video games, like Champ Manager or something, and like it asks you who you are um, hmm. at the beginning, and I used to think like, well, well, well you know, what if I was, uh, what if I was a Dutch guy? Oh, I'd be Jan van Han. Yeah, yeah, I'll put that in. Uh, what if I was uh, a Brazilian coach? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll be Paulo Santa Souza Paulo, you know. Yeah. And like, it, one of them that stuck was uh, Jason Santiago. I think originally it was Jesus Santiago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I did a stand-up show back in Essex when I was still living down there in about 2010. Um, and I was a very angry young man then. I 
was very, very sore bits about the world. I hadn't read enough good books. And um, I did this stand-up show, and I called myself Jesus, and I came out to Rick Blair's entry music, actually. <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> there was actually a review somewhere of uh, Jason stroke Jesus Santiago uh, performing at the railway yeah. um, in South End on sea. Somewhere there's a review, but it's scathing. So, uh, I, I, and I still need to work on my stand-up shops. I mean, that's something else I'd like to explore as well, is do more stand-up comedy. Try and get some stand-up shows during the week and keep the weekends free for wrestling. Yeah. Because, you know, as, much, as much as I like my day job, I don't want to do it forever, you know. So, um, you know, I want to I want to be a professional entertainer. That's, that is the objective in the next few years, is to try and make this the full-time gig. Um, and despite me believing there is money in wrestling, um, I know that there's not enough for <coughs> me. <laughs> for me. So, um, uh, more, hopefully more cycling events. There's good money in that. Yeah. And some boxing events would be nice. Um, if there's anyone out there who want an MC for charity events, I'm more than happy to do them for free. Um, as I feel like philanthropy, philanthropy, I can't even say the word. I was going to quote Stephanie McMahon there. <laughs> yeah. Philanthropy is the marketing of the future. Um, I, I kind of agree. And, uh, you know, I think you should. It's, as my dear old mum said, it's nice to be nice. Yeah. And it's nice to do nice things. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to do some charity shows. And if there's uh, anyone out there who's got a charity event and you want an MC for free, uh, let me know. Bookings for Santiago at gmail.com and uh, <laughs> all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, you know, try and get back. So do you always have something prepared to entertain the crowd in case something isn't going to... T- um, times aren't right? There's, or... there's always a few favourites. Yeah. Like, um, at the last Riptide show, <clears throat> they needed to clean some gum out of the ring. So I was like, no, that's fine. I've got a segment and pulled out the happy birthday. Because the law of averages, someone in that audience has got a birthday that week. Yeah. <laughs> well, if there's 400 people proud, it's probably at least doing shows yeah. <laughs> in the last couple of years, have I come across a room that no one had a birthday? And by that point, because it was a falling star crowd, um, <laughs> they all knew me, they all knew the gimmick, and they could enjoy the, oh, right, no birthdays, great, fine, I'll carry on with the show then. You know, it, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but I kind of want some stand-up stuff and shtick for uh, a hot five minutes, a hot ten minutes, if uh, push comes to shove. Um, but I, I, really, I really do need to work on it, you know. I, I'm, I'm not that fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was. I wish I was. Um, I'm good at spontaneous kind of humour and playing with a, a feeling in the crowd, but um, I've tried write, writing jokes, and it's really tough to write good jokes. And what might work in your bedsit doesn't necessarily work when you're out on the table. So, um, yeah, needs still needs practice. So have you, <coughs> have you ever had some last-minute surprises, and how often do you get names wrong or weights wrong? Um, weight is something I've tried to avoid, <laughs> uh, but I always, I always have my cue cards. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the time when I turn up for shows, I'm there like 
two, three, sometimes four hours before the show starts. And um, because I'm a non-wrestling, excuse me, because I'm a non-wrestling part of the show, all the wrestlers, they're all chatting to each other about their matches and stuff and catching up and all that good stuff. Whereas uh, I'm a little bit like the other one out. You know, I, might, I spend a bit of time chatting to the refs, but they might not get there until closer to the bell. Um, so I'll sit there and I'll, I'll work on my cue card. And I'll find just somewhere, like a little somewhere, maybe on the merch table, maybe, you know, backstage. <laughs> but I'll find somewhere and I'll, I'll write out the entire show of what I've been given and what I can embellish to myself. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy working the Battle Pro shows at the moment because... Uh, Daryl Allen, Dazzler, like, fantastic, fantastic guy, amazing wrestler. Yeah. Um, he's, the booker, he's the booker man there, and he says to me, Jace, I want a five-minute segment here and some main event spiel here, and say what you want. I just want to check it before you hit the stage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, having, having that faith um, is, is wonderful, um, you know, and I, I think I'm... I'm at my best when I'm given a bit of freedom with it all. Um, it's good to it's good to have rules. It's you know it's it's nice to have a construct with it all. But um, getting the chance for me to express myself in the segments that I get, that's my wrestling. You know, I I, I do spend quite a lot of time working on some stuff, um, like the Great Men promo that I did for uh, What Fisty Cuffs, which was a Battle Pro show last year. Um, it was it was the perfect promo for me. It was a piece of art. Yeah, you know, and I, I wrote it all in about half an hour. I was living with a wrestler at the time, Nathan Shaw. Shout out Nathan Shaw. Um, and I did it at him, and he was like, "That's amazing. You've, you've got to write it down what you just said." And I thought, "I can't remember what I just said." I like, <laughs> like, write it down properly. I'm like, okay, and I spent half an hour writing it and reconstructed it and kind of. You know, because I, I used to write lyrics as well. Well, I still write lyrics. I like writing poetry. Um, you know, I like to try and find nice alliteration and nice cadence within the, the vocabulary, like how it flows, you know. Like, tonight we will see battle. <laughs> you know, and like holding things and enjoying each word. I really love words as well, which is yeah. probably what I enjoy promos so much. I really... <laughs> I really love words and reading books and, you know, um, I've got a rhyming dictionary somewhere with art areas and, um, yeah, it's, it's fun to, to use books like that as reference and write a promo and get excited about it. And I find the promos that are the best ones that I've written are the ones that I can still capture the same excitement of when I wrote it. You know, and that spontaneity. I think that's the the key in wrestling. It's to make things look spontaneous. Whether it's a promo, whether it's a, a right hook. Do you know, if it looks spontaneous and looks real, do you know, and it looks like you're not contriving anything. That's that's when wrestling's great for me. Yo, everybody in the UK, it's your boy Shook D. I'm coming at you live in living color, surround sound, letting you know that there hasn't been this much mayhem since the Boston Tea Party, and I'm just letting you know that you're listening to Broken But Glorious. So as you mentioned, you've worked for a few promotions around the UK, so should we start with um, Fallen Star? 
in Norfolk. Yes, yes. Yeah, so what should um, people expect from a Fallen Star show? Sorry? What should, what should people expect from a Fallen Star show? Uh, from a Fallen Star show? Okay, so um, a quality, um, family-friendly evening of entertainment um, with some great wrestlers, some great up-and-comers. Uh, it's predominantly a training training school, yeah. Uh, but we still get some really awesome names. Like we had our current champions, Danny Boy Collins, oh, who's wow. an absolute wrestling legend. Say, so is he world um, of sports? Yeah, man, yeah, that's right. Danny Boy, he's, he's our current champion, current yeah. heel champion. Um, he took the belt our last big show at Linsport, um against the the Dark Wolf, Matt Walters, who's also. Uh, tagging with uh, the hip star Ashmore yeah. in other promotions up and down the country and I think uh, Dark Wolf is one of the most underrated wrestlers in the country he is brilliant absolute great look awesome in the ring nice and snug as well like you can tell when one of the boys have been in a match with, with Matt like it, it looks good yeah and, uh, big big shout out to him <coughs> champ for almost two years at wow. Falling Star um, yeah yeah like book, book strong um, he went from being a real rotten heel to just being um, a, a white meat baby face from the, from the crowd kind of dictating that as well it's kind of a crowd where they will cheer the baby faces and boo the heels but over a period of time because the story we, we run the stories quite well you know the storylines kind of play out over over a good while um, and the crowd really get into it and like we've seen the crowd really get into Matt Walls it's a bit like Man United yeah. you know when, uh, in like the 90s um, where loads of kids where I was growing up started supporting Man United because you want to you want to cheer for winners yeah and if you've got a heel champ who always wins and wins clean a lot <laughs> then you're gonna start cheering for the motherfucker who's yeah. <laughs> a, a, like, a rotten heel piece of shit you're gonna start cheering for him and that's what happened with matt and they kind of reached the point where it was at like terminal velocity or like or critical mass whatever the term would be um where there was more fans cheering him than booing him it was like right i'm just gonna have to turn face <laughs> and, uh yeah he's full-on baby face now and i, I i'm sure he'll get uh, another chance at the belt I, I think he's one of the best talents in falling star um but we've got loads of other guys coming through um some really exciting prospects for the future as well uh like jack hammer i'm a big fan of his He's only 14, and he's still, you know, he, he needs to keep his feet on the ground and stay, uh, you know, still enjoy being a kid, because, like, a couple of years down the line, he might not want to be a wrestler anymore, might want to be a rock star. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, uh, do you know, but he's, uh, he's a real pos- like real hot prospect. Um, who else we got down there? Um, the Norfolk Legion of Pain. <laughs> That's uh, a nice kind of... Norfolk farm boy gimmick, yeah. Which is fun, you know. It's fun to it's fun to have those kind of those kind of gimmicks. Um, and Furio, the kung fu vampire, is a, wow. a fun <laughs> as well. Yeah, there's some fun guys, and like they're they're, they're really good people, and I really enjoy going and doing those shows because it, it for me it's like hanging out with my mates because I know everyone, and it's very it's very difficult for me to make mistakes in those shows because it's so. You know, it's it's really nice to be around all those people. Um, 
so yeah they're, they're some of my favourite shows to do because it feels like hanging out with your friends um, yeah they're really cool really cool shows we've got one coming up in Swanton Morley uh, which is in the arse end of nowhere uh, <laughs> lovely little venue though yeah. we've, we've got uh, we've got like a, a kids nursery where which turns into our uh, backstage <laughs> so you've got all these all these hulking people with uh, chairs for two to five year olds <laughs> it's, uh, and toilets that don't fit anyone. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, the, the shows are really fun there. It's an, the the venue's good for acoustics and that, and I I always have a bit of fun uh, at, at Swan Morley. The last time I was there, um, uh, Dazzler was there, and, and the NIC uh, from uh, Balpro. Yeah, uh, Oshin Delaney and Charlie Carter, who are a, a, a fantastic tag team. If you get the chance to see the NIC, go and see them because they are hot shit. One of my favourite heel tag teams. Anyway, so I'm in the ring and it's like a six man tag, and out come Team Battle Pro, and they're healing it up, and everyone's booing them, and I get in the ring and I kind of give it in the big un, and uh, and then I kind of turn on the audience and I'm like. Well, actually, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a conflict of interest because <laughs> I also work for Battle Pro. And I start jumping up and down and like getting all high fives and that off Dazzler and the NIC. And like for a moment, I turned heel. It was, it was great. It was it was great. So uh, it'll be fun to go back there yeah. and see if the guys remember it. I've, I've, you know, it's family friendly show, so it's all tongue and cheek. <laughs> You know, if, if there's any if there's any blood, then it's by mistake. It's hard way. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that very rarely happens. Very rarely. But yeah, it's, they're good fun shows. They're good fun shows. Love yeah. them. Oh, so you mentioned Battle Pro in in London. Their next show on the mm. April 29th sounds fun. They're going to debut a new match called The Winner Stays On. Yeah, that's gonna. <laughs> yeah, that's very exciting. That's very exciting. Um, so yeah, Battle Pro is. Uh, it's one of my favourite promotions that I work for. Uh, I like all the promotions I work for. They're all really fun. <laughs> it's great working for Dazzler, though. Um, but yeah, that is some proper Russo booking, isn't it? 30-man rumble into the last six. So is, it a, is it a battle royal or is it a royal it's rumble? A, it's a 30-man battle royal or 30-person yeah. battle royal. It is 2018. And then straight away it goes um, into like a Money in the Bank match. Or? I, I haven't discussed these oh. things yet, oh, okay. so I don't feel like I can divulge such such information. The, dis- <laughs> the, the, the description on the Facebook sounds like it just goes rumble straight into a, a, a ladder match. We, we, will, we will see. Yeah. We will see. Um, quite quite possible. I mean, I'm I'm the battle master. Yeah. At battle pro. So, uh, and that's another nice thing. I mean, Daryl's kind of given me liberty to uh, explore this new character that I kind of. It's not really a new character, it's more of like an extension of what I'm doing um, up at Rise, because uh, Rise want to use me uh, more of uh, as a character than just a ring announcer and kind of let me use some of my acting chops, you know, because yeah. I've trained as an actor since I was less than 12 years old. Um, so they want, they pitched me, I was driving up to the last Rise show with uh, Big Joe, um, who's a good friend of mine. And uh, he's been trying to get me on to Rise for, for ages. Finally got me up there for their uh, blackout show. Mm. And uh, he was like saying, yeah, I kind of, I want you to be the battle master, like games master, but like the battle master. <laughs> so if there's a match and it's getting a bit boring, mm. you grab the mic and you go, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a surprise standard. 
This is boring. That's it. It's now a tables match. I'm adding a stipulation. Get the tables. And like kind of have uh, an element of possible chaos uh, thrown in. Yeah. You know, at any given moment, the battle master might have spoken. So another character that wrestlers can have an interaction with, you know, because um, that's another thing that I'm really pleased that I've been able to do is uh, create uh, trust from wrestlers when they come and work with me in the ring or I'm working with them, I should probably run say. Um, they know I'm not going to shit in their shit, yeah. you know, because I love wrestling. And um, I'll always do my best to ad-lib with them and not try and be a dick. I'll always try and ad-lib. So if they're heels, they look even more heelish, you know, and maybe I'll make them look a little bit silly, but they, they can always threaten me and I will cower because they are tough, mean wrestlers, <laughs> yeah. you know, or if it's like a baby face coming in and like just getting a high five or like, you know, like having an interaction with Roy Johnson at Balco is really cool. So, Rise's strictly over 18 and mm. like Rat, Fallen Star and Battle Pro are fam, family friendly. So, do you have to. Um, well, yeah, I'd, I'd, say, I'd say Battle Pro is kind of leaning more towards the um, like 12. 12. You know, if it was like, yeah, if it was like, uh, like the BBRC, is it the BBRC, the British Board of oh. Film Certification? The, the, yeah. the people who make certificates for yeah. movies. They would rate it as a PG-12. Yeah. You know, whereas Falling Star is probably closer to just like that PG. So do you, you have know, to like dramatically change your style between the shows? So, okay. um, with, with the shows that I've done with Battle Pro and Falling Star, not too much. Not too much. I try and be more of uh, one of the guys in London because I am... You know, it's, I mean, going and doing the shows at the, the Liberty Memorial Hall, they feel special to me because um, my my great-granddad was a wrestler. Yeah. And uh, he was from South London. And uh, I know he wrestled all over South London. So the chances are he probably did wrestle in that hall. Wow. And I never met the guy, but that kind of like, I kind of like that romantic kind of thought that there's, do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a dreamer, man. <laughs> I'm a dreamer, man. But, um, yeah, it's really fun doing those shows. And I kind of feel like one of the people there, because I am, like, from a London family who moved to Essex. Do you know, Essex boy who ended up moving up to Norfolk. Yeah. But I, I do feel like one of the people there. Um, less so in Norfolk. Like, in Norfolk, I try and be a little bit glamorous. Um, hence the stupid highlighted mullet and, <laughs> you know, um, double-breasted 1980s style suits and, you know, I, I really need some alligator shoes. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried to be a little bit glamorous in <clears throat> yeah. a little bit, you know, and, um, like a lot, a lot of the crowd that turn up, you know, they, they bring their whole family and a lot of the time it's just one person. So, <laughs> you know, um, but um, when I went and worked for for Riptide, uh, not working for them anymore, but they kind of wanted to tweak what I was 
into doing a little bit, which is great, which is fine. I like taking direction, and you know, from working as an actor and stuff, or training to be an actor, um, you know, I kind of like listening to direction, and it's it's melting pot, it's a collaborative process when you put on a show, whether it's an opera or whether it's a, a wrestling show or a music show or whatever, you know, it's a collaborative process. So I always enjoyed kind of getting direction from the guys at Riptide, and that was slightly different. And when I worked Rise, I broke my golden rule, yeah. which uh, if, if I'm doing a wrestling show, I will not drink. Right. <laughs> um, because I'll slur my words and end up rambling, much like I am on a podcast. Um, but, you know, podcast, you've got to listen, I'm trying to make it more like just having a chat with a mate. Yeah. <laughs> kind of get, get more, more of the glory, proper, good stuff when uh, there's, there's trust going on. There's trust with that. So, um, you know, but I broke the rules when uh, I went up to Rise, but it really was one of those shows where if you weren't drinking, something's wrong with you. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> hard drinking Leeds boys and absolutely brilliant. And uh, when, when we got there, uh, it was about 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, we drove up after all that snow the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. The beast of the snow and all that. But kind of expecting Brock Lesnar to fall out of the sky, you know. <laughs> back to a house show yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. anyway like I said I'm not a very good stand up so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we drove up at crazy o'clock in the morning we, we left Norwich at about 6 half 6 we got to Leeds for 11 o'clock smashed a taco bell when we got there it was amazing brilliant love taco bell um, and then we went to this hostel that the guys were um, renting out for the wrestlers and um, a couple of the guys were there like the, the booker man and uh one of the main offenders, I'm not going to say who, and they were absolutely hanging from the night before. <laughs> and there's me turning up, kind of thinking, oh, I wonder what this promotion's going to be like to work for. <laughs> and it was like stepping into the eye of a storm. Wow. And like, night, the, the night before had been savaged, and there was uh, this wrecked hostel room, and yeah, carnage. The kind of <laughs> carnage that only the beautiful people of the North can pull off with such fava Oh, you guys up north know how to have a good time yeah. you guys really do so um, this was like um, a couple of hours before the show like one of them's looking for their glasses and like oh I can't find my glasses where are my bloody glasses oh, where are my bloody glasses right no one's drinking till we find my glasses you know <laughs> when are you going to go to the point where, where the fuck are my glasses and it's just kind of like this broken record for about half an hour and there's me thinking like this is like the chuckle brothers of wrestling on acid or <laughs> this is something else is the show actually going to happen and I really didn't know if the show was going to happen until about half hour beforehand and all of a sudden, it all comes together, and uh, it was one of the most fun shows. Just the, the carnage and the atmosphere, and I had to work very hard to get over up north, because yeah. uh, I'm a southern shandy swilling wanker, aren't I? <laughs> so, you know, um, but I, I loved that crowd. They were so much fun, such different energy, like not necessarily a wrestling crowd, more of like a punk crowd or like a drinking crowd. Yeah. And uh, that was great. We had two shows that night. We had one show that started about, I think it was five o'clock, um, that went for like an hour and a half. And then we had uh, two punk gigs in the venue next door, like all in the same venue. Temple of Boom. Shout out to Temple of Boom as well. Lovely <laughs> people. Lovely people. And um, yeah, after the two punk bands had played, it was back for the main show in the wrestling room. 
and by then everyone's steaming, everyone's so into it. Yeah. And like, if you, if you, any of you wonderful listeners out there of Broken Book Glorious, uh, have the opportunity to see the beer onslaught on Dr. Leonardo Darwin. You need to see it. There was uh, at least 200 cans of beer pelted wow. at this time. Like, some of the finest fucking heel work. Oh, <laughs> massive shout out to uh, the Rise Champ. He is a quality piece of shit. Quality piece of shit. I like a good heel, you You've got to have someone. You need, a, you need a Darth Vader. Yeah. You need someone to. So, yes. Um, Rise look like they're going to give me quite a lot of creative freedom to, you know, I said I was off to Amsterdam this weekend to them and they're like, oh, cut some promos for us. Like, while you're out there, just cut promos when you're in a cafe or when you're on your houseboat or... I'm going to see Toto, actually. That's the real reason. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it's, it's my friend Iona's birthday. Yeah. Uh, shout out, Mermaid Girl. Um, love you more than you fucking realise. My favourite person. My favourite person, Mermaid Girl. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're off to Amsterdam for her birthday to go and watch Toto, which is going to be amazing. Um, yeah, it should be fun. So, uh, yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> the, uh, the Lion Kings, who wrestle for Rise, who are two wonderful African chaps, and they come out to Africa by Toto, so they're like, you've got to get something, you've got to get some <laughs> kind of Toto promo yeah. going on. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I'll be a camera phone bitch for the weekend, <laughs> and uh, very, very busy trying to get some fun promos for eyes and uh, yeah you know like just try and be busy and try and try and keep on doing shows every weekend you know i've had uh well this weekend will be my only my second weekend off uh, pretty much all year wow. from doing shows somewhere so long may it continue and uh hashtag book mullet man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my co-host Nick was meant. <laughs> my co-host Nick was meant to join us tonight, but he got stuck in work. But he has sent a few questions. So okay. So he said, uh, "May my mates come to Riptide just for you? Can you sort it out with them, please?" Um, un- unfortunately, it's out of my control. Oh. Um, I love I love the guys at Riptide. Um, they gave me a wonderful platform, and uh, they gave me a wonderful audience. That crowd in Brighton is the stuff that I will think about on my deathbed. And I know that sounds very dramatic, darling, um, but one of the greatest moments in my life was last year um, at a Riptide show. And uh, I just came out from behind the curtain and just went, yes. And everyone just went, went yes. <laughs> and, uh, I just closed my eyes thinking about it now. It just makes my, my skin absolutely shiver. Um so I've got no bad feeling towards Riptide, and I'd I'd love to go back. And if it if it happens in the future, then fantastic. And I can't wait to see all of those wonderful people in Brighton because um, you rock my world. You you guys in Brighton really do. You rock my world. Yeah, Nick, uh, Nick was probably in the crowd because he's. I think it's the only last show he's ever missed. I think he's been to every show. I heard the last one was really good, despite me not being there. But I heard the whole weekend that was really good, and I'm like, you know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure that motion will go from strength to strength, and I really hope it does. And it's, it's an honour and a privilege to be involved from from some of the early days. You know, they did two shows before I came in. Yeah. So uh, it's it's nice to feel kind of like one of the Riptide originals, and um, 
like I said, I'll I'll take that with me to to my grave because that's one of my favourite memories. Like when I was having some teeth yanked out of my face um, <laughs> just before Christmas. Mm. Like the, the the doctor was wonderful. He was the nicest dentist I ever had, and he was like, "If you need more drugs, you just tell me." And he kind of gave me a look <laughs> and a smile, and I was like, "I like you, bro." And he goes, he goes like, "Just think of a good thing." And I was like, "I know exactly what I'm thinking about." And I look back and I talk about Riptide and those opening segments um, were wonderful it's wonderful and uh, yeah much love <coughs> to the people of Brighton love your loads love your loads he said they, we... I've never sold more t-shirts than in Brighton <laughs> as well he said were you amazed by how much the people talk to you um no I like talking to people you know it's like I'm a no one dude <laughs> like I'm 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 just I'm just some guy with a haircut <laughs> who people like yeah. Do you know, and if I can try and make a living out of that, great. And if that means people want to talk to me, brilliant. You know, there's only been there's only been one occasion where someone's wanted to talk to me and I've really not wanted to talk to them. And um, it was uh, half eight in the morning on a wet, rainy Wednesday in Norfolk, in Norwich, on mm. my way to work in a bicycle shop at the time. And someone recognised me. And he kind of expected me to know that he was a fan, and I just wanted a, a bloody pastry and a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, went, I was in this queue, and I was all wet, and I was like, oh, I've got to keep an eye on my bike because I've forgotten my lock. <laughs> so like, I'm all kind of like, oh, bloody hell, bloody hell. And I get to this guy, and it was in a Greg's, and sorry, dude, in a Greg's, I'm sure you're not listening to this, but sorry. <laughs> if you are, I am sorry. And I just went, oh, can I get. I just sent my order and he was like oh well you know a hello would be nice and I went excuse me he's like well a hello would be nice I thought you know you'd recognise your fans I was like you what mate he's like you're, you, you're, you do the wrestling don't you you do the wrestling and I was like oh look I'm, I'm really sorry mate it's like silly o'clock in the morning I'm not, I'm not all gimmicked up <laughs> and he was like oh fine and I was like man it's, it's a character bro <laughs> that's that's the that's the only time I've, I've been like, oh, just leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you, <laughs> you know. Because like the way I see it, if if I'm booked by a promoter, yeah, I will work that door before we start, and I'll try and greet as many people as I can at the door because that's a nice thing to do. And if you turn up to a wrestling show and there's a guy with a big smile on his face, who might shake your hand if you put your hand out for a shake. He's like, hey, how you doing? You here for the wrestling? Of course you're here for the wrestling. <laughs> you know, just pay good money. But like someone to say, hey, you're here for the wrestling? Yeah, I am. It's a positive thing. Yeah. You know, it's setting them up for a good night. It's my responsibility as an MC to guide those people to having a good time. Do you know? And if that means saying hello to as many people as I can at the door, then I'll do it. Do you know? Might need to get some antibacterial soap at certain shows, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't mind. It's fine. What's what's a quid between friends? Yeah, you know. And I, I I like to try. I like to try and endear myself to the fans. They pay their good money, and some people have said, like, you know, oh, we we only come to see you, and that's really sweet. I kind of don't believe them. Yeah, you know, they come for the show. I mean, I'm part of the show. It's not as if. It's not as if you, you get you get a poster for a wrestling show and I'm on the poster. That doesn't fucking happen. You know, you come for wrestling, you know, and I'm part of the the package. You know, I'm 
guy who's giving you permission to be as excited as I am about what we're just about to see. And my mission is to try and sell it as I don't know what's going to happen either. I fucking do, most yeah. of the time. <laughs> I'd say 90%, well, 80% of the time, I know what's going to happen. But sometimes I don't. No. But I will try my best to sell that I don't know what's going to happen. I'm with you guys. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you by the hand and I'm going to be the Pied Piper for the evening and we're going to tell some stories and we're going to have a good time and we're going to have a party. And the reason I love those fans in Brighton so much is because they were the most happy to take my hand. You know, come on, off we go. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a storytelling motherfucking frenzy and you're going to love it. And there's hot dog and there's booze and there's merch. And all these great names. Like, how can you not be excited? You know, so my, my job was um, quite quite easy at Riptide at yeah. times. Because you know, I was fucking excited to see Pete Dunn. Yeah. I was excited to see Will Ospreay. I was excited to see Matt Riddle. I was excited to see Son of Habit. And I'm giving everyone permission at a show to get as excited as I am. That's my job. You also ask, can your host as football teams and season awards? <laughs> Sorry? So can you host my can football host? his football team's end of season award? Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd love to. Whereabouts is it? He lives in West Sussex. So, um, West Sussex. Well, but, if he if he pays my expenses, yeah. <laughs> um, at the weekend when I don't have wrestling, then I am there with bells on. Brilliant. They're, they're called the. I'd love to do that. <laughs> I'm trying to think what they're called. They're called the Hastocks. Fat boys or something, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I'll, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. You pay my expenses, you get me there and get me drunk for free. I'm there. That sounds great. <laughs> so, um, before we go, do you want to plug your um, social media? Um, yeah, you can find me on. Oh, I'm trying to what they are now. Uh, we've got Jay Santiago um, at Mullet Man MC 1982 on the Twitter. Um, We've got um, Jason Santiago slash Johnny Santiago, professional MC, because when I work the Rise shows, they know me as Johnny. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, I'm going to go with that yeah. up there. Maybe maybe permanently. That could be your little exclusive on this podcast. Mm-hmm. This, this could be uh, where the news first broke, <laughs> that the artist formerly known as Jason Rose is uh, changing his name from Jason Santiago to Johnny Santiago. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But uh, you heard it here first, guys. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we got that. Um, check out Battle Pro uh, on Twitter and on uh, Facebook. And check out Rise, Underground Wrestling. Um, if you like your ECW stuff, if you like stuff that's a little bit more gimmicky, uh, Rise is the place to go, and it's an absolute hoot. Uh, point at the sign. Yeah. It's our next show. Um, <clears throat> we had to change the name of the show from Riser Mania to Point of the Sign as we got a <laughs> cease and assist from a certain Connecticut-based company wow. uh, who, who might be known as Vince McMahon's Sweaty Men's Club. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had to change the name of the show. We left it up to the fans. They changed it to Point of the Sign. Um, it's going to be absolutely batshit crazy. Um, we've got matches for belts, we've got crazy grudge matches coming to a head, 
there's loads of promos on the Facebook page. You gotta check them out. We've got Boris the Mad Russian. Uh, we've got the Lion Kings that I mentioned before from uh, coming out to Toto's music. Oh, we've got Big Joe. It's, it's going to be something really special. And we're doing a WrestleMania after show uh, stream of WrestleMania as well. So not only do you get an evening of live wrestling in your face action, um, there's also going to be some bands. And then we're going to have WrestleMania, the fucking, the, the hottest ticket in town. Wow. The arena of the immortals. I don't know. <laughs> it's the man's sweaty sweat off. Um, yeah, so it's going to be mega. It's going to be mega. And everyone should come and uh, enjoy wrestling because wrestling's really cool. Well, I've really enjoyed speaking to you today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. <laughs> so. Oh, Chris, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully I haven't <clears> become, um, you know, too intoxicated and rambled on too much. No, yeah, I've, I've loved every second of it. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> I've ended up like the mullet man trying to piece his life together in his bed set on Skype. <laughs> Indie wrestling because it's really cool and really fun. And, yeah. Uh, you don't have to tell your mates. It can be a secret. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks for coming on. Awesome. I'm going to go baby. Bath my baby now. <laughs> Excellent. You take care now. Chris. Okay, I'll speak to you again soon.